amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody. Bless the Lord. You are now live with the Word on Wednesday. I am Pastor Winfred Burns, and we are going to have a great time. First of all, I hope you everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did. Uh, yeah, I ate a little bit too much, but just a little bit too much, not that much, uh, and had a wonderful time with family and friends. I hope you guys had the same. Uh, we are going to pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we are in the book of First Corinthians, and this, and we, we, even in how you doing, Mike, um, and we entitled this study. Uh, the crisis at Corinth. We're studying Paul's first letter. Actually, it is actually a second letter to the Corinthians. We talked about how there's one letter that we believe that was lost. Um, and we don't pay a lot of attention to it during our study tonight because anything God wants us to have, he would have made sure it got to us. So anyway, but we want to look at, we want to continue looking at this letter uh, the thing that we need to do just kind of catch people back up because we know it's been a, a couple a week we had last week off. Um, we know that sometimes there's a disconnect. So just give me a second and let me just say that we're in the section of the letter where Paul is addressing the reason for division within the church. And the first thing that we said was that that. Paul says to us in, in the first chapter, he talks about you're following after men and ignoring your baptism. And because he says, he makes, a, he makes a statement, he says, I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you. And we talked about the significance of that statement. And I don't have time to go back through it tonight, but um, primarily what he's saying is, that he reveals the truth about baptism, uh, and that is that uh, when you are baptized in the name of someone, you take on that person's, uh, you, you die to yourself, you reckon that old man did, and you come alive in the, the name of the person that you were baptized in. So we were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, or in the name of Jesus, depending on what your denominational leanings are. But so we take on the character of God. We take on the mission of God. We take on the will of God when we are baptized. That's what, that's what, that's what baptism is all about, or just one aspect. And we are empowered, given the Holy Spirit, to accomplish those missions, to become that individual uh, when we accept the baptism in their name. That's what, the, so we talked about that. And then, so we, they were saying that, 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 you know, we follow Apollos or we follow Peter or we, 
I am of, of Paul. Well, primarily what Paul is saying is, no, you're not, because we didn't cause you to be born again. You're baptized, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus or you're baptized according to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, because, and you take on their mission, not our mission. And we talked about how that leads to denominationalism. Second thing was um, that we covered off on is that we have division in the church because we rely on the wisdom of the world. What does that mean? That means that, that we promote and follow people who are not using the wisdom of God, but instead we become impressed with their talents or the things that they've attained in the world or their degrees or something about that man or woman that makes us choose to follow them and what they say versus uh, attaining the wisdom of God and following after him. So that's, those are two reasons for division within the church. And we, we stated uh, during our last session that, you know, God desires unity. God desires unity. And one of the things that, that, we, do a, just, that we do a lousy job of is we, are, we do a lousy job of fighting off the devil and his tricks. What does Jesus tell us? The thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. And the way he destroys us is, um, what, what, the way he destroys us is he sows the seeds of division and takes us away from unity. There's something here. Um, and takes us away from unity. And in taking us away from unity, what winds up happening is that 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 we wind up following men, we wind up splitting ourselves, and you know the best way to take a team down, the best way to take anybody down is to divide them, and then you can conquer them. If you look at uh, if you watch Animal Kingdom, for example, if you look at the way um, the, the 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 lions attack the gazelles, how do they do it? They come up from behind, they they make them run, they scatter them, and then they get the weakest one. They get the one that they can catch, the one that they can't get can't get away, and they destroy them. And they do that one at a time. And so that's the devil's scheme with the church. That's the devil's scheme in your home. If you could divide a husband and wife and get them to argue with each other and not act as one, you could tear that house up, and that's what Satan does. And so we have to be cognizant of his tricks. What does he say? We are not ignorant of his devices. And one of his major devices that he uses in the church today, that he used on the church at Corinth, was division. Amen? So now we're caught up to chapter 3. Um, and I'm, let's have a quick word of prayer, and then I'll dive right in. Um, before I do, before we have the word, that that quick word of prayer, those of you who are on Global Drive Network, you can call me at nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four. Those of you who are Facebook Live, um, if you've got questions, 
uh, put them on the screen. And if you if you could, if you could, could you wait until the Q and A session because I'm between my notes and my Bible, and sometimes you'll say something to me and I don't see it. I don't see it on the screen. So let me go through with this teaching tonight. Uh, let's word of prayer, and then we'll get right into teaching. Amen. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. We bless you and we praise you. We give you all glory and honor. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. God, we thank you for this Bible study tonight. We thank you for those who have joined in. We thank you for the ones who come later or who will review the Bible study later at a later time. God, tonight we ask that you would, as usual, be our teacher, that you would lead and guide us in the truth, that you would place your word in our heart that we might not sin against you, that you would reveal your will to us tonight through your word. We bless you for the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so open up your Bibles and... I want you to, we're going to get right at at chapter 3, right at chapter 3. So we've exposed two sources of division within the church. Now we're going after the third one. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? Wow. Look at the charge that he levels. He says, with, and he doesn't bite his tongue. He says, you are still worldly. Now, if you're looking at King James, he, he says, uh, it, 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 instead of using the word worldly, he uses the word uh, carnal. And one of the things that brings about division within the church is carnal Christians, is worldly Christians. Now, what what defines worldly? What defines? Uh, and as a matter of fact, if you if you look at, there's another word that that they utilize. Uh, if you look at the New American Standard, he, if the New American Standard will read, you are yet of the flesh. So all of the, the, you, the three words that you'll find within your Bible, depending on which one that you're going to read, you'll find carnal, you'll find worldly, and you'll find flesh. And all of those words are derived from the word uh Sarkikoi, which basically means fleshly or carnal, and and primarily what is what what it implies is you are being controlled by your sinful nature. 
You are being controlled. Uh, uh, what they're saying is you're giving in not to the spirit, but to the animal appetite within you. You are being governed not by God, but by human nature. It's as if you never accepted Christ and you never received the Spirit of God and allow and allowed God's Spirit to take control of you. That's what carnal means. A carnal a carnal person is a person who um, who allows his lower nature, his unrepentant uh, na- uh, not unrepentant, but um, what's the word I'm looking for? His the the natural man to govern him. So you know, it says uh, that 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 you are you are of yourself. That's how we say it. You are self-centered. You are self. You 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 you're relying on your natural senses, your will, your way to govern your life. You have yet to surrender it all over to God. That's carnal. That's worldly. A few more examples. Um, when we when when the Bible tells us to about modest dressed, modest dressing, and we decide, I'm grown, I can wear whatever I want to wear. And so in the pulpit you will have preachers who who are instead of glorifying God by by dressing in a, a um, how do I want to put it in a very very um, in a very very subdued fashion that does not draw attention to them but instead allow themselves to become a reflection of God through their modest apparel. That's a worldly person right there because that person is interested in how they look to the people and not instead how they reflect God. So when you're more concerned about how you look or when you're more concerned about how you feel or when you're more concerned about getting your way or advancing your program and not advancing God's program and not advancing the kingdom of God, you are worldly. You are carnal. And what Paul says in this in this condition, he says he says, you know what? I, I I couldn't feed you meat. I had to give you milk. And 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 that passage basically is saying, look, I gave you basic doctrine. I couldn't take you into the deep things of God because you weren't ready for them. Why weren't you ready? Because you had yet to begin to walk in God's spirit. You've yet to become to come to the realization of who you are. In the previous chapter, when he talked about when he was talking about baptism and and when he was talking about attaining the wisdom of God, he's basically saying your thought processes are worldly. You're not thinking using your spiritual mind. There's a disconnect between the, the spirit and you. And the disconnect is you ain't dead yet. 
You have yet to die to yourself. And so that's that's what this passage is about. Look, the reason why I know you haven't died to yourself is because of what the fruit that you are producing. That is it, that that's what this passage is all about. What does he say? He says he says the fact that there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Now, how, how does he deduce that? Remember what he says: the works of the flesh, the manifestation of the works of the flesh. And he and he uh, later on, uh, I believe that's back in Galatians, um, where he talks about the manifestation of the works of the flesh. And then he says, but the manifestation of the spirit is love, peace, joy, the fruit of the spirit versus the works of the flesh. Remember that passage when we when we were in Galatians uh, uh, back about five or six weeks ago, how we went through how you can tell whether you're walking in the spirit or you're walking in the flesh. Okay, so he says, worldly people are people who live according to their fleshly desires. Now, what I want you to do is I want I'll, I'll, let's let's just turn over to uh, uh, Galatians chapter five because I, I alluded to it, so I might as well just go to it. Galatians chapter five, real quick. How am I doing for time? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We'll finish this chapter tonight. Galatians chapter five. How can you tell if you are a worldly person? How can you tell if you are a carnal Christian? Okay. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verses, and we went through this, verse uh, what, what's my notes here? 19. It says, look, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So without me going through a whole, you know, going through this whole list, look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. If you see yourself in this list, you got some repenting to do. It's just, it, I mean, you know, we can all sit back and point fingers at each other, but the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. And if we look in the word, if we use the word to light up our life and we see this evident in us, that is not to condemn you. That is to correct you. And how do you correct yourself? You just look at that and say, whoa, I see myself there, and I'm not supposed to be there. I do not work the works of my flesh. Why? Because it's not going to get me anywhere. It's not pleasing to God. It is not reflecting God. And so you repent of it. What do you mean you repent of it? First of all, you're going to confess it and say, Lord, right there, that's something I do. I do that. And that's wrong. And you're not pleased with it. And I'm not pleased with it because it's got no business being in me. And so we need to deal with it. 
And once you confess it and you turn to God and say, look, I, I, want, to be, I want to reflect you. I don't want to reflect this mess. That's what you, when we do that, that's what you talk about when you say nailing it to the cross, reckoning it dead. You calling it out. Nobody need to call you out. Call yourself out. Judgment should begin with you looking at yourself. Look, I know when I, as they say, I can feel my pants. When my pants get too tight, that just basically says, you're eating too much, boy. You better bag up and, you know, get on the treadmill or get on a bike and start burning some of that stuff off. There are indicators in our life that let us know where we are, when we've gone too far, when, when we're doing the wrong thing. This word will show you. Second thing I want, to, want you to do, it says, why do we not want to be worldly? Well, go over to, 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 to where, where am I looking at? Romans chapter 8. Let's look at Romans chapter eight because this this is helping us this is helping us know whether we are following whether we're worldly or not because the I mean he just flat out just say ye are yet worldly that's what he says you're still worldly Romans chapter eight um, let's just look at uh, what let's look at eight five yeah look at eight five. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Now, so this is what Paul is saying when he says you're worldly. First of all, he's saying you cannot please God. That's that last, that's that, that's that last verse, verse 8. You cannot please God as a worldly person. You cannot please God. If you are a carnal person, you cannot please God unless you die to yourself and yield to his spirit. Why? Because there's a key there's a key phrase that he repeats over and over here, and I tried to emphasize it as I was reading it. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature, watch this, have their mind set on what that nature desires. So, and, and you, you, if you read the passage again, and I'm talking about uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, you'll keep, have a, you'll keep mentioning your mind is set on the wrong thing. And so our mind, our, uh, our will, is set on the wrong thing when we are operating out of our flesh. What is your mind set on? have their mind set on what that nature desires. The mind of the sinful man is death. So basically, when your mind is not being controlled by the spirit, when your mind is being controlled by your lower nature, your, your natural self, what you are doing is you're walking the path of 
death. Paul will later write, in me I find no good thing. That is, and when he says, in me, that is in my flesh, I find no good thing. You see, so when, uh, because our minds are set on what the, our sinful nature desires, it's going toward death. The sinful mind, if you go down to verse 7, is hostile to God, meaning that it is against God. It don't want nothing to do with what God wants. It basically is going to war against the things of God. A worldly person, a worldly individual, if we allow to operate in our flesh, what we are doing is we are warring against God. Because uh, later on we'll see that the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. Paul will, Paul will t- talk about the good that I would, I don't do. You know, that, that whole passage. That's about the war that goes on uh, between the flesh and the spirit. And what we have to learn to do is we have to learn not to surrender to our flesh, but to surrender to the spirit. And what do we do with that flesh? We nail that junk on the cross. Yes, we do. That's what we do. So, um, it's because it says, what does it say? Those who are in the flesh don't please God because they can't. Flesh will never inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh will never enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because God doesn't want it. He desires what he put in you. When he breathed the spirit of life in you, that's the life that he's looking for within you. Let me keep going. Let me look at my clock here. Okay, I'm good, Jay. Okay. What's the cure for it? The cure for it is in Colossians chapter 3. Go to Colossians chapter 3 real quick. Back up, boy. Back up. Keep going backwards. You grab too much. You grab too much. Go back, go back, go back. Go back. There it is right there, Colossians. Chapter 3. Verse 5. There. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So what is it? You put that flesh to death. You reckon it dead. You pronounce it dead. When you were baptized, Jude, that was symbolic of the old you dying. Well, now it's time for it to die. It's got to go. It's got to go because it's not pleasing to God. Anything that you are doing that's not pleasing to God, out. You did. Nail it to the cross and get it over with. Why? It says, 
Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, kill it. Now, what after you kill it, then what do you do? Well, go to Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 14. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So not only must you uh, uh, um, uh, kill that, that, uh, that old sinful nature, not only must you put, take that sin and tack it to the cross, but then Put on Christ. What do you mean put on Christ? What does that mean? That means begin to live according to the, the, the laws that Christ has given us. What did he say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Honor God. Basic stuff. But that's how we live. That's how, you know, I had an incident this week where I wasn't living up to God's standard. And I posted it on Facebook. I was saying, hey, you know, I was giving it, I didn't want to do something that the Lord had basically said, this is, you know what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, I ain't doing that. That joke, you know, I, I don't want to go, go all the way into it, but basically I was being disobedient, and God just began to remind me. And I said, okay, I'm going to go and do it. And then on t after I did it and, you know, came back, he asked me about my attitude. He asked me about my attitude. I'm like, dang. I got to have the right attitude, too? Yes. Yes, you got to have the right attitude. Okay, then look at Galatians 5.16. So what is the first step to the cure for worldliness? You put it to death. You put the, the, the sinful flesh to death. Second step, put on Jesus Christ. Begin to live according to what he says do. What's the third step? Here's the third step right here, Galatians 5.16. And, I, and believe it or not, we're going to get through this chapter in a few minutes because all i got to do is after, after I've laid all this down, Galatians 5.16. What are you doing with your Bible tonight, boy? You act like you ain't never been in this thing. Galatians 5.16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now, I want you to continue reading 17 on down. Just... Just read read that whole read the rest of that chapter from five sixteen all the way to the end of the chapter because then you get into the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit which we talked about a little bit earlier. But my time is running out, so I don't want to. I don't want to. But so the three steps to cure the cure for worldliness, just like you know when you got to cure a cold, what do you do? First of all, you got to drink plenty of fluids. You got to do you know all kind of little little stuff to get rid of that cold. You got to stay in the house, keep your head, you know, uh, covered and all that kind of stuff. That's how I cure mine anyway. And, you know, you can't go nowhere without sticking some tissue up your nose. And I keep, you know, I catch all that stuff by sticking some tissue up my nose. That's the way I cure a cold. Well, the way you cure worldliness is, one, you put that sinful stuff to death. You crucify it. Two, you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You live for him. And then finally, you walk by the Spirit. You walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? You let the Spirit of God take control of your life, and you follow what the Spirit of God says, period. Now, 
you know, I can kick my leg up and, you know, hoop and holler and all that kind of stuff. But that's it right there in a nutshell. Crucify that flesh. Put on Jesus Christ. Follow hard after God's spirit. Let the spirit fill with his spirit and let let it and be led by it. Amen? Now, let me let's finish this chapter off before we quit. Verse 5. What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. So what is he saying here? Look, y'all got this thing wrong. You falling after us like we God or something. We are not God. We are servants. We are servants that God is using. You have to recognize the people that you're following are servants. I'm just a servant. I ain't nobody. I'm just like you. All of us, no matter what title we wear, we are servants, period. And what does that mean? We didn't come to be served. We came to serve you. I serve as a pastor and teacher. What, do I'm, what am I serving? I'm serving the word of God. I'm serving up the word of God. That's what I'm doing. That's how I render service to you. You see, I ain't, and, and the word that I'm giving you, it's not mine. It's God's word. I ain't giving you nothing. If I give you my stuff, my stuff is crazy. But I give you the pure word. So he said, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who, uh, okay, I got to stop right there. I'm going to have to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. And the reason why I'm stopping is I, I don't want to rush, and I, I'm, I'm tempted to rush to finish this chapter, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. So what he's saying here is that we're just servants of God, and each of us are assigned a task. Each of us get assigned a task, and we do that task. That does not make us God. That is not make us somebody that you just want to attach yourself to and follow if we are not following God. That's it. I want to stop right there. Father, in Jesus' name we come to say thank you. We bless you and we praise you tonight for your we understand, God, that we don't want to be worldly. We don't want to be carnal. We don't want to operate out of our flesh at all because operating on our flesh don't get us nothing, does not produce the fruit of your spirit, but instead it just produces works of the flesh, and we see what those works are, and they nasty, dirty, filthy, no-good things. We want the fruit of the spirit. We want to be led by you. We want to be filled by your spirit. So, Father, help us. Help us today. Expose to us the areas that we need to repent in. Expose the weeds in our life that are growing, that are, that, that are going to tangle us, tang get us entangled in, and kill up the fruit. We need to look at ourselves because a lot of times the division that we have in the church is being caused by us. We're not here to point fingers tonight, God. We're here to 
to expose ourselves to you. For as David once said, you desire truth in the inward parts. And as the old people used to pray, search and research us, O God. And if you find anything that's not like you, please remove it. Help us, O God, to walk upright before you, to do your will, to advance your kingdom. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh, if you got any questions, give me the questions now. I can look down there and see it. And I'm not gonna, if, I, if I don't see them in a few seconds, uh, for those of you who are on Blog Talk Radio, 929-477-2304. 929-477-2304. And while I'm waiting to see if there's any questions, um, my son is having a conference next year, and I don't know the exact dates, but it's a Level Up Comp. It's entitled Level Up. And it's a conference that I think is going to be exciting. It's for people who want to, um, to who want to, to uh, um, advance in Christ, advance in their businesses, uh, and they're going to have they have some interesting people that are coming in to do the speaking. I'll talk more about it um, when I study it a little bit more because I know what it is and I. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm participating in it and all that kind of stuff, but you know, I don't know all the details like I should. But I just want, especially those of you on Facebook Live, um, make sure that you look at the notices and all that kind of stuff, and prepare yourself to come to this conference, especially you in the Chicago land area, because it's going to be up here in Chicago, and it's going to be a great time. And uh, it's sponsored by Global Drive, and I'm a part of the Global Drive network, and so you know. I want you guys to be there. I want you to experience it. Uh, I don't see any. Um, I don't see any. I don't see any questions. So I'm not going to prolong the hour because I haven't had dinner yet, and you know I want to go eat. So anyway, we will pick up in chapter three next week. Um, I got to. I got to put together a, a schedule as to what how we're going to work through the holidays and everything because. Uh, I will take the I will take that Christmas off and you know maybe maybe the New Year's but I'm going to continue being out here every Wednesday night other than the times when we own you know having the uh, holiday stuff okay so we're going to keep plowing through this because we need this right now we got so much division in the church we got so many churches that are dying and the reason why they're dying is they're dying from division they're dying from division and. God spoke a word week before, I think it was a week before last, and the word was he's going to heal his body. And I believe that God's going to heal the body. So anyway, hey, have a great weekend, a weekend, and be sure to check in next week for the word on Wednesday as we continue with the crisis at Corinth, First uh, Corinthians, and we'll be back in Chapter 3. Be blessed and have a wonderful evening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.